Hi, thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, your hostess of Ceremonies, and this is episode 106. I'm conducting this on-site podcast episode at a cutting-edge art gallery in New York City. STEMS Gallery and Arsenal Contemporary Art New York have been joining forces across the Atlantic to present a thrilling group exhibition with works by 12 artists. The exhibition explores the connections between the works of art, fashion, and sports. My guest this week is the director and curator of this remarkable exhibition, Anais Castro. Welcome to my show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, Yes, such an honor to have you on State of the Arts. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be invited. Um, So this was a large undertaking. Uh, How was the idea birthed? We were dreaming of having a collaboration between STEMS Gallery and Arsenal. You know, Arsenal is is a project space, so we have the luxury of imagining the types of projects that we want to put on here. We had invited independent curators before to curate exhibitions, but never a gallery, never like this. And we were really interested in what STEMS Gallery was doing. Um, They're a gallery in Brussels with uh, predominantly, like a focus on American contemporary art, uh, particularly emerging art. And that really aligned with what we were doing. And so we began to imagine this show, which was originally supposed to take place in the fall of 2020. Um, unfortunately, the pandemic happened, yeah. and then we had to delay our plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it allowed was more time, really, to think this project and imagine what it could be about. Originally, the exhibition was going to be more focused on fashion, but what we've realized is that fashion is already totally intertwined with sports, and sportswear has become kind of like the emblem of that really. And sportswear is worn for athletic reasons, also for fashion reasons. And we were really interested in the complete hybridity of those two things. And what we wanted to see was how art could also be intertwined with those two spheres. This is what the show sort of explores. And it brings together different artists from you know, different walks of lives and different origins. And we just really wanted to explore what they, uh, what they were interested in. So for instance, you know, we have this piece here by Brian Union, who is an indigenous Canadian artist. Um, and this piece is called America's Most Wanted. And it's a sort of stack of sneaker soles. And of course, this is like the most coveted type sneakers and it's just thinking about like sneaker culture and how sneakers are now this emblem of you know social status and wealth just as much as you know a comfortable footwear to run or perform other sports Um, and so this is kind of a comment about this shift that is happening Um, this is only one example in the exhibition I was fascinated by that piece. Uh, He's a fascinating artist. In the past, he's been very well known for his indigenous looking masks made out of sneakers, Um, particularly, um, uh, yeah, particularly Nike sneakers and coveted sneakers that are, you know, 
that people you know line up and and spend hundreds of dollars on he's very interested in in how value is created in culture um, and uh, and what is the chain of production as well that's amazing is there any type of affiliation with some of the sporting good stores in the area because there's quite a few of them the irony of that wasn't lost on me of course we're you know right at the corner here we have the supreme store and they're very well known for their sort of like hype fashion where they'll drop you know an, a, a new um, item and people will line up you know sometimes for hours just to be able to purchase it so i we thought that this was a good venue we have two different locations in new york and when we uh develop a project we were always thinking about like which venue makes sense on a conceptual level as well. And of course, this venue, as, as opposed to the other one, is a storefront. It's, you know, in the middle of the Lower East Side, but also uh, right by Soho and Alita, right by the Supreme Store. And so, um, so there was a real context for this exhibition to happen here. And what we've noticed as well is we've had people come into the gallery that have, been, that have never been inside an art gallery before, but they're kind of intrigued by things that are catching their eyes, whether, whether it is you know, the sneakers or um, the basketballs or um, the motorbike totem in the front. Um, and, and that's a language that they recognize that they already covet. And, and they come in and, um, and then they're like, what is this? And then we're like, it's an art gallery. And like immediately they're like, oh no, I'm not supposed to be here. It's really kind of creating an exhibition that is gonna be accessible, that people will be able to connect to because it's talking um, via vocabulary and language that people already understand. Um, and we're hoping that this is uh, an exercise, but that this will encourage people to be interested in contemporary art. This was kind of an experiment, but what we're trying to do is have a language that is feels accessible that people already understand so that they can connect and feel like they belong in that space they belong um, this is a language that talks to them as well and it's true that um, contemporary art galleries certainly are not seen as welcoming spaces they're not necessarily and i think it's a it's a fallacy i think the most galleries are happy to have anyone walk in but people feel like they don't belong in that space they feel like you have to be wealthy you have to be very educated quote-unquote cultured um, to belong and and not only belong in that space but also understand what is presented and and this this exhibition is is trying to dismantle um, that idea and really demonstrate that no, and anyone can connect with this. Um, people already have all the tools that they need to understand and connect with this work, and that truly there is there is no wrong answer because you know as long as people are coming here and being and interested, I think that they'll get something out of this exhibition. Oh, that is wonderful! You're doing great work here. Thank you, thank you. I'd like to think that Arsenal really is a special space because it's a space of experimentation. It's a project space and so we're able to elaborate projects with artists and collaborators and really push some of the limits. Um, we are not, most galleries have a roster of artists that they collaborate with and their mandate is really furthering those careers. Um, we don't have a roster of artists and so we are serving just as much the art community 
as you know the varied and and wide public of New York City. So cool. Um, so, how did the assembling of all this take place? Did these pieces have to be shipped from abroad? Yeah, so this was an interesting exhibition to put up because a lot of the pieces were actually made specifically for this exhibition. Um, some other pieces were shipped from different parts of the world. Um, New York, but some pieces come from LA, some pieces came from France, Milan, Canada. We covered a lot of grounds. What was nice was really developing connections between those pieces and that's something that you can kind of elaborate ahead of time a little bit just by looking at images of the work and understanding what each artist is you know talking about and interested in and trying to communicate but really when you have all these pieces um, in the space before you determine where every one is going to go then the fun part for me is creating these connections and sometimes it happens with like different colors that are repeated through the exhibition certain shapes sometimes you know it can be uh more much more subtle it can be just certain lines and um and then that's kind of i think what we have uh what we have in the show um they're like different little elements that seem to be recurring a lot of you know red and white and blue and the way that those colors seem to be repeated throughout the exhibition really binds the whole exhibition together and even though there's different artists and different types of uh, media from sculpture to painting to drawing to photography etc it feels like a cohesive whole there's certain colors that are repeated a lot in sports yeah and that's true actually and that's something that we haven't particularly explored in the text or in the exhibition it would have been really interesting to invite a, a fashion designer or sportswear designer um, to talk about that and talk about why you know red and black and white and blue are kind of colors that are used a lot in in sportswear I'm sure it's got some type of psychological aspect to it. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Uh, there's definitely a psychological aspect. I'm sure there's also a financial, a commercial impetus for choosing those colors. Um, I'm not really sure, but it's definitely something to explore. And I've always been fascinated by that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm really interested in that sort of unconscious vocabulary that we all carry that that sort of like ethos right of like um that we carry this knowledge that is not really conscious but that we share and um and how how certain artists are able to sort of bring it up to the surface for us to consider so are any events held in this gallery um, generally, most events that we have here are um, exhibition openings or sometimes we'll have panels or performances, although with the pandemic we had to stop that for a while. So we haven't had these uh, different activities really happening here. The galleries open every day and we have a lot of uh, school groups coming through, uh, different types of social groups coming for tours, um, sometimes guided tours from the gallery staff, but also 
um, people bring groups through the city to different galleries. Um, yeah. Oh, really cool. Are any of the pieces for sale? Yes, most of the pieces for sale, though not all of them are. Um, many of the pieces have been acquired during this exhibition. So part of our mission is also to develop a market for these different artists. They find financial support through the exhibition to continue their, their practice and continue making work and while also finding new art patrons to support them along the way. Great, so someone could come in here and put a bid for one of the pieces. Um, I wouldn't say put a bid, but they certainly can come and uh, demonstrate their interest in acquiring pieces, and um, certainly they would be welcome to you know, buy a piece that they fall in love with um, to take home, definitely. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. This gallery just fascinates me. Thank you. As I said, it's a sort of a hybrid model between a traditional art gallery and a more institutional model. Um, so we try to have an exhibition program that is very accessible to a large group of people um, while also developing a market for the artists that we collaborate with. So what were some of the obstacles that everyone had to encounter while putting this all together? The main obstacle was really the pandemic, because as I said, this exhibition was supposed to happen two years ago. Um, but with each obstacle comes also a, an opportunity. And so the obstacle of the pandemic allowed us to have more time to develop this, the, this exhibition and the ideas around it. Um, other obstacles uh, had to do mostly with transportation, um, bringing the large totem piece from, from Milan. This is a very heavy piece that had to be crated and transported across the Atlantic. So those things are, are challenges, but they're recurring challenges for every show. So we have developed a team and expertise in you know, tackling them. And also without the artists here, it needs to be assembled exactly the way they want it. I'm sure that's a technique of its own. Yeah, so that's why communication is paramount. We have to communicate with the artist. We have to communicate with our galleries or anyone who has the knowledge and expertise in handling those pieces. Um, so that's, that's always a challenge, of course. Um, though this exhibition, we were lucky because a lot of the, the artists were in New York or had traveled to New York to be present. Okay. And so they were able to participate. So we were lucky to, to be able to have them here. Great. Um, okay, uh, so what's in the horizon? Uh, are there any goals or expansions ahead for this exhibit? Um, so for this exhibit, I think the, the next stage will probably be um, an exhibition, again, in partnership with STEMS Gallery, but this time in Brussels. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to keep this the same concept, concept for, for the, the next project, uh, though it's very possible we will because there was a lot of artists that we had talked about who, for different reasons, couldn't be included in the show 
either because they were already too busy or there were no pieces available or just for logistical reasons. So um, I would be very interested in you know, doing a sort of part two to this exhibition, which is something that we've done in the past with other, other projects. Um, and then uh, otherwise for Arsenal, our mission continues to be introducing new practices, new artists to, uh, to New York, who people who generally haven't had an opportunity to show in New York before or um, have been overlooked for a reason or another. So that will continue to be our mission. We are very excited to have recently launched a residency program. Um, we have one in Montreal where our founders are from, um, but um, we also have one now in New York City. Um, and this is um, by invitation only, but we invite different artists to come to New York and create a body of work over a number of months. And um, then that's followed by an exhibition in one of our locations. We have four locations. Um, the main one is in Montreal, again where our founders are from, where um, their collection is shown to the public. Um, we have another location in Toronto which was open in 2017 and then two locations in New York. The one here on Bowery that we opened in 2017 and another one we just opened um, in September 2022 in Tribeca. So each location uh, has, you know, its own personality and we try to create and curate exhibitions that will fit, you know, each of the spaces. And what was opening night like here? Oh, it was very busy and very stylish. <laughs> uh, we had a few hundred people. Um, and again, that was really exciting for us because there were new faces, people that um, we hadn't seen before, along with uh, friends and, you know, community that follows Arsenal and what, what we're doing. So it was exciting to, um, to see people kind of meeting us here and excited about this show and excited about this space so yeah the it was a very festive night it was very stylish <laughs> <laughs> how exciting yeah it's great so there was like a sports theme to the party i'm guessing <laughs> well i think it was a lot of people who are excited about fashion it was nice yeah I love the merging of the two. I remember at one point, high-heeled sneakers were popular. Yeah, that's true. And I think that we're kind of continuing to see those developments and those the hybridity of those two disciplines kind of merge in exciting new ways. And, um, and then innovation continues to happen in that sort of blurred space. And we see innovation also in sportswear for athletic reasons. Both are fields of creativity, so it only makes sense that they would be joined by contemporary art. What was the most complicated piece to assemble when this was all being put together? Um, that's a, none of the pieces were too complicated. Um, of course, you know, J Julien Boudet's um, totem is 
maybe the trickiest one just because of its size and weight. Tara Winston's basketball installation wasn't complicated per se, but just needed to be really precise. Obviously because it is a perfect square of basketball. Most of the pieces were not a challenge for our art handling team. All the way in the back, we have two artists. We have um, a Nigerian artist, Tonya Neji, who is showing in New York for the first time in this exhibition um, and whose work is really fascinating. She is painting these traditional Nigerian fabrics. She is making a commentary about how you know, she suffers from um, endometriosis and she had to sell a lot of her mother's traditional garment regalia to afford treatment in the UK because there isn't a lot of um, uh, feminine healthcare in Nigeria or really in the rest of Africa. And um, despite this, the figure of the mother is one that is very present in all of those fabrics, so the Virgin Mary or, you know, and so she's kind of making commentary about the women within African society today. Oh wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, and you'll notice that while the fabrics are very vividly rendered, all of the female figures are sort of blackened as if they were in the shadow. So there is like, even in, in her choice of representation, some deliberate, you know, message. Wow, that's incredible. And then you have the center room, which is very large. So we have a Mary Vick series of storefronts, and we have another uh, figure that accompanies the series of photographs that is um, sort of a mannequin legs with a hoodie with different names on it, and that's an homage to ballroom culture. The storefronts actually have kind of a dark side because they're about how those fashion houses that rely heavily on black fashion culture had completely um, had completely uh, boarded up their entrances during the the Black Lives Matter protests in 2020, and that she's kind of talking about um, that. A hypocrisy of borrowing heavily from black culture to sell product yet you know boarding up their vitrines um, during a black the black lives matter pro protests um, we also have a series of drawings by Baba Haluda another artist who's showing in New York for the first time and those are really kind of festive like characters dancing in different sportswear um, we have also a piece that was made specifically for this exhibition, a collaboration between Julien Boudet, who did the totem piece in the front, and that's also the image um, on the, promotion, the promotional image, um, with uh, the Canadian uh, artist and fashion director, Gabois. Um, it's called Shark, Shark Attack, and it's this woman in the pickup, and it's just kind of, a little bit fun and a little bit silly as well, which I think a lot of editorial photos are nowadays. 
Um, and then we have this beautiful piece made out of jerseys um, by Hank Willis Thomas that was on loan by um, two collectors, as well as uh, Clément Popino's heavily detailed um, paintings, those portraits that are sort of borrowing from Caravaggio's uh, you know, repertoire um, of chiaroscuro uh, paintings, like heavily contrasted between um, black and, and, and illuminated scenes. Yeah, and then we have a small drawings also by Evgen Kopi. It would be very unlikely for these artists to find themselves in the same exhibition outside of this particular project. And that's also what's great about it, because it's bringing a new perspective to each of, of, of these artists' practice um, that doesn't necessarily happen otherwise. That's great to be able to have them all together like this in this diverse array. Absolutely. Art. Yeah, and, and that's what's so fun about group exhibitions, really, because it's it's a perspective into someone's work or an artist's work without necessarily foregoing everything else that is about the work. So it's an entry point to a universe. And so that's why I think people really respond so well um, to them because it's kind of an introducing different types of techniques, but also um, research, different topics but kind of still making it coherent around sort of a central theme. Is there anything you'd like to say to the audience before we sign off? Well, the exhibition is until December 17th, so um, it is coming to an end, um, but I'd invite everyone to go on our website and follow us on Instagram to discover more contemporary art galleries are one of the only place where you get to have access to culture for free. We never charge and we will never charge. Um, and very few people take advantage of it. But if you think about, you know, museums, theaters, uh, cinemas, like you have to pay an entrance fee. And we're doing this amazing work and, um, and all of it is for free. So people should really take advantage of it. And everyone's welcome to, to you know, discover what we're doing. Is there going to be a big event too for closing night? There won't be an event for closing night, but there will be a big event for the opening of our next show. Um, so here on Bowery, it'll be on the 26th of January with um, a Canadian photographer, Jean-François Bouchard. A very interesting series of uh, work about libertarian groups living in uh, Ottersee in, um, um, in, in the Midwest. And then in our other location, we'll have uh, two other artists, Ken Nickel and his incredible drawings, and uh, Sean Weissgerber, who is uh, a really incredible Trompe painter. So I invite everyone to look up on our website and follow us on Instagram to, to know more about what's coming up. 
Thank you so much. This was such an amazing interview. It's going to make a wonderful episode. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts. I encourage all of you to be positive, be safe, and stay true to your dreams.